the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were beside the sea, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is the Son of Man that God the Father has sealed. Then they said to Jesus, what must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in the one whom God has sent. So they said to Jesus, what sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to Jesus, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, o Christ. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God. Amen. Of all the role models, of all the mentors in my life, to stand out for the inspiration and the effect that they had on me in my formative 20s. One was my college choir director, and the other was my internship supervisor. Both were married. Both were removed from their positions due to allegations of inappropriate relationships with women one a student, and the other an adult. As I've thought about this a lot over the years, I've not known what to do with the information, how to make sense of it. You see, I still respect both men for their strong, charismatic leadership, for the powerful effect that they had on me and so many others. And yet, whether it is the Roman Catholic sex abuse scandal or the endless revelations of the past year, part of the Me Too movement, tragically we learn that things like this happen all too often. Now maybe we place our leaders on pedestals, yet whatever it is, power, lack of boundaries, insecurity, vulnerability. Our leaders, our clergy, our politicians are all too human. 
And what I most often feel is just plain disillusionment. The daily news, all we have to do is turn it on and there will be the scandal of the day. We can feel so overwhelmed when we feed on this disillusionment. For it quickly turns to cynicism, right? To bitterness, or maybe just plain numbness. So welcome. Welcome to the story of David and Bathsheba, part two. Last week, we heard the beginning of the story. David considered one of the greatest figures in the Bible, both an adulterer and a murderer. What are we to even do with this? One commentator, though, calls it one of the greatest passages in the Bible for two reasons. First, it makes a devastating statement about the moral priorities of God. And second, it abandons sentimentality and romanticism to expose the human condition for what it is. Whether we call it sin or not, it stares us in the face. You mean the stuff we're hearing about in the news every day isn't new? You mean rulers and presidents and kings seem to always do whatever they want? You mean that power and sex and violence seem to be linked all too often? As much as we detest the abuse of power and endless scandals, often we are voyeurs and we love a titillating story. So consider the film from 1951. David and Bathsheba, starring Susan Hayward and Gregory Peck. This movie turns the tragedy that we're talking about into a, well, a love story. The Hollywood spin is this, whatever happened really wasn't sin. It really wasn't a moral failure because, well, David and Bathsheba, they really, really loved each other. And they really, really needed one another. And after all, David was the sensitive, reflective king, just wanted to be loved and accepted for all the stress he carried. And Bathsheba, well, she was the wife of an overly dedicated soldier. They fall in love. And what could be wrong with love? Well, According to the scriptures, along comes the prophet Nathan, who takes a monumental risk by exposing the sin and confronting David. And David tell, hears then through Nathan that parable about the greedy villain who takes the innocent ewe lamb away from the poor man. David exclaims, who, who could even treat someone that way? David cries out with his own disillusionment. But then Nathan, Nathan delivers one of the most memorable lines in all of the scriptures. It couldn't be any clearer. King David, you are the man. What's missing, of course, in this 
is the voice of Bathsheba. As a woman in her society, Bathsheba was powerless to call David to account. Her voice is silent, as have been the voices of women and minorities, other victims throughout history. Finally, in the Me Too movement and other movements, we are hearing these voices. I don't know about you, but with so much disillusionment, what are we to say or think? It's so easy to feed on cynicism, which leads to inaction, which leads to helplessness, which leads to despair. Or on the other extreme, haven't we done this as well? To arrogantly point the finger at everyone else, secretly gloating when the sins of others are exposed, glad that they're brought down. <laughs> and yet we're part of the system all broken, all, need of, all in need of healing. Sin is sin, despite our attempts to make a hierarchy of sins. Not to mention the troubling words of Jesus about the log in our own eye. So I'm back to this question. What are we going to feed on to give us energy and hope, resilience? The disciple of a Sufi master once came to his teacher and he was, a, he was very ashamed of the terrible things he had done in his life. And he said, Allah will not be able to forgive me. What can I do? The master answered, oh dear one, we are all connected to God by a piece of rope, a piece of rope that connects us to the Holy One. But as we repent, God is eager to tie the pieces back together again. Each time you tie a knot in the rope, it gets a little shorter. Thus, with more knots in our rope, we may be closer to the heart of God. So when disillusioned, trust in the forgiveness of Allah the merciful, the compassionate one who loves to tie knots. Our denomination, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, has released a draft of a social statement on women and justice. It will come before our church-wide assembly next summer. It speaks both words of challenge and hope to our society. That's what our social statements are designed for. It declares God's loving intent that all humanity experience abundance of life. It then exposes and defines the sin of patriarchy and sexism. It affirms that God, the God we believe in, creates humanity in diversity with a wide variety of identities and expressions, including sex and gender. It calls out things like gender-based violence, inequality, human trafficking, stereotyping, and bullying. Bullying women, transgender people, even boys who don't fit the expectations, the gender-based expectations of our society. When we feel disillusioned, this statement 
proclaims God's promise to break the bonds of sin, to empower us with hope as we seek neighbor justice, and then to transform new ways of living in human society. When the Israelites were disillusioned, when they complained bitterly to God, God provided manna to sustain them day after day. Every Lord's Day, we gather at this table to feed on Jesus, the bread of life, our spiritual nourishment. We feed on and take into our bodies Jesus, that we may become what we eat. Rather than working for the bread that perishes and leaves us disillusioned, leaves us wanting, we feast upon the life of God that sustains us for the hard work ahead. Those who feast on this bread and this cup will never be hungry or thirsty. We have all we need. Divine mercy, divine forgiveness, nourishment for body, nourishment for soul, and nourishment for us to be signs of hope and bread for the world.